You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of In Orbit, Mashto's Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And on today's show, we're happy to have Jordan join us again here on In Orbit. Say hi. Hey guys, thanks for having me. So make sure that you guys are checking out all the other podcasts available here on the Mashos Buttons Network at www.mashdosebuttons.com. Get involved with In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com. And also make sure to subscribe, rate, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. If you're an RSS person... Our RSS feed is available on www.mashdosebuttons.com slash in-orbit. On today's show, Bungie finally has a winter event which was datamined last year, The Dawning. Besides SRL, The Dawning brings with it three updated strikes, strike scoring, new guns, new armors with ornaments, a free SRL book, new quests, new returning exotics, and an updated tower. We also explore what we know of the dawning and how the refresh will play with the broader Destiny community. In addition, Iron Banner returns this coming week with the helm, class armor, fusion rifle, and scout rifles as the prizes to get. Also, we have a couple different things that are going to be happening at the end of the show, so make sure that you guys listen to the end of the show. We have a special emblem that we're going to be giving away. And, yeah, just stay tuned to the end of the show. So, how have you guys been doing this week? Oh, I've been doing good, man. Uh, it's been a quiet week for me in Destiny because there hasn't been a whole lot going on. I've been playing some other games, but, you know, sometimes that's what you need. And now I'll be full of Destiny energy, ready to go right uh, when the dawning pops. And what about you, Jordan? How's your week been? Uh... Not quite as slow. Uh, I've been helping people with the raid as much as I can. Uh, the clan I'm in has a lot of people that haven't, surprisingly, haven't done the raid. So, yeah, just trying to get people through and having fun teaching and dying a lot. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. So, as a special surprise to everybody, on this week's episode of In Orbit, we also welcome some very special guests. We welcome Bob and Carl, or as they're better known as, the Guardian Superfans. Hey, Jorge, it's a pleasure to be here. Indeed. I got the sausage ready to go. In fact, we're here for promotions. Let's go to the first one. 
Today's show is brought to you by Pepto-Bismol. Pepto-Bismol, when you're done blowing chunks from your cheeks. Back to you, Jorge. So let's go into it. We have the dawning, the winter expansion or whatever you want to call event with SRL. That comes with quests and a free SRL book. The PvE winter event, the dawning with quests. Strike scoring with Elder Sigil, a quote-unquote Elder Sigil, given by Commander Zavala in the veins of the Varric's Elder Sigil. The Icebreaker returns with ornaments, and there are Void and Solar Thunder Lord variants. Apparently they are called the Void Lord and the Solar Lord, at least that's per the early information that we have. Icebreaker is earned as an exotic RNG drop from Zavala's bounties. And the Void and Solar Lords are earned from exotic bounties, or actually quests, I apologize. And we'll also have Redone, Shadow Thief, Nexus, and the Will of Crota Strikes. And there's also going to be more Eververse stuff. But who really cares about that part? Right. So who do you think will win in a fight, Bob? Crota or Atheon? Hmm. Well, Carl, I have to go with Atheon on this one. Having control over time is a pretty powerful weapon. You're right about that, Carl. But what about if I told you Crota was wearing Dicka's mustache? Oh, well, then I definitely have to go with Crota. Dicka's mustache is proven to be locked in both time and space as perfection. It could act as a shield to Atheon's powers. In this case, I gotta go Dicka. All right, thanks, guys. And now let's go ahead and talk about the dawning. So, David... What do you think of the dawning so far? Well, um, it's it's more than I expected, which is a good thing because for once, um, me and I feel like the majority of our community was able to temper expectations enough to just expect SRL. Really, that's it's all anybody really expected. We had, in a way, kind of a negative outlook on it, like, oh man, it's just gonna be SRL. But like, we're everybody was okay with that. Um, everybody was okay with just getting SRL because everyone's like, eh, well, you know, it'll be a good time. Everybody had a great time with it last year. It's returning. It's a fun event. Um, but now we're getting more than that. We got the, the free SRL book with it. Free, not $10, free book. And uh, that's pretty awesome. We've got some updated strikes coming with it. Yeah, they're not new, but um, everybody loves the Nexus, right? It's so much fun. Um, we got... Uh, the dawning quests coming. They said there's going to be more quests than we had last year, which is awesome. Um, the new strike scoring, that's that's something people have been asking for for a while is a strike scoring system. I I'm, I'm, don't know exactly what it'll be. I'm hoping it's kind of like Crucible Weekly Bounty maybe, or maybe it's daily, which would be pretty cool, but who knows? Uh, I doubt it. Um, the exotics coming back. Everybody loves Icebreaker, even though it's been nerfed into the ground. But, you know, it's coming back and it's going to be pretty. We got new ornaments for that. Ornaments for Thorn, Red Death, Last Word. Um, new Thunderlords, which have been in the system for forever. You know, overall, it, it it's I'm very happy about everything that's coming. Um, it seems like there's going to be way less emphasis on Eververse in this expansion as compared to the last, which I'm sure they learned their lesson when people mm. were... Okay, no, I'm being hopeful here. People were, were very um, harsh on Festival of the Cost, so um, I'm hoping they learn their lesson and it isn't as focused on Eververse. I'm okay if there's stuff in Eververse, as long as it's not focused on Eververse. Yeah, like I, I had said before, um, 
I don't mind Eververse being in the game if you're able to select exactly what you want. And instead of the random chance that we got from buying boxes, that just seemed really, really weird and poorly done. If anything, a cool option would have been if you can purchase everything for a set price. Not to say that I want them to do that with everything, but if anything, it's a better option rather than having to... I don't know. The, the, just the, the random box op, uh, RNG system that they implemented just left a very bad taste in my mouth with Eververse. I totally It's agree. gambling. It's gambling. Yep. It turned into gambling because I, I know that you see some of these YouTubers and, and Twitch personalities opening up these packages, spending 50, 100 bucks or whatever they were. I don't know if a lot of them were doing it, but I know one or two did. People commented about it. Those guys have money to burn on that, and it's part of their business. It's their job. That's a write-off for them. But you know, people like you and I, or just casual folks playing the game, were doing that as well because they wanted the the devil shell or the ghost shell or the sparrow or whatever you were getting through the um, those packages. And it, it's, some people probably were spending fifty, hundred, maybe even more. I hope not. Um, but that's that's just gambling. I, I thought that was a little wrong personally. Um, and I agree that they should probably take that out and make it so that you can buy what you want. Well, the the thing was, um, people were spending that much because they wanted that stuff really bad because it it was the reason they wanted to be playing Festival of the Lost. And unfortunately, um, people spoke with their wallet. And that's the thing. We always say, speak with your wallet. Um, it's a big mantra through the YouTube community, but YouTube is the one speaking with their wallet by buying it. And they're showing... Activision more than Bungie that they will spend the money even if they're going to even if they complain about it they will still spend the money because the amount that they've made off those microtransactions are insane and I I in in a way I understand why Bungie wants it to be these boxes because it it fits what their game has it fits that RNG thing that Destiny is based off of but at the same time like it, it is very unfair to the average player that um, if they don't have money to spend, they're not going to get the things that are um, advertised with an event. And I also, along with you guys, very big advocate of um, just have something and have a set price for it because I feel they'd make more money because then you'd have all these people who um, see what they want and they're willing to spend the money where they otherwise wouldn't want to spend the money because they don't know for sure that they'll get it. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's move on to more of the actual PVE items uh, in the vein of the strikes, Shadow Thief, Nexus, and Will of Crota. Uh, there actually are images up of the actual bosses. Now, we know that lore-wise, uh, Tanix, the Scarred, is actually mostly uh, robotic, Kind of like the uh, what the Siva infected fallen, not as much like, for example, a regular fallen uh, and a soldier for the Devil Splicers, but he's pretty heavily infected with his rep robotic items or whatever. I can't speak. I'm sorry. Is he like Axis a little bit? But he's been infused with actual Siva, and we know that Siva can resurrect somebody from the dead uh they've already done it with sepix prime 
Now, yes, Sepix is a giant machine god, but the fact that it's the actual Sepix revived indicates that Siva has some properties of regeneration. And we've also seen the spoiler, if you haven't done this part of the story mission yet, but by now you should have done it. The Iron Lord are resurrected, quote unquote, in the final mission, and you fight against the Iron Lords. So we already know that Siva has potential for resurrection. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was the actual uh, Shadow Thief himself, Tanix. Now, with regards to the Nexus and the Will of Crota, that's what I'm interested lore-wise, because the Nexus, he in the images that we've seen, is Taken, and Taken do not resurrect. Uh, if we in the first mission, there was this dead, uh, not Colossus, but a, a dead Cabal war, uh, soldier, and he he was he had all this Taken energy all over him. And the ghost clearly says it, it, we need a living host in order to be taken. So we already know that you can't just resurrect dead from taken. So that'll be interesting how they explain that lore-wise as to why we're going back to the Nexus Strike. And then the Will of Crota, Omnigul or whatever that is, looks like a ghost. And that's kind of cool. So I'm interested to see what they do with that one as well. That's also a very long strike, so I'm interested to see whether they lengthen or shorten these strikes. And I, I'm just very excited to be able to do that Nexus strike again. And I hope you have the option of doing the original version as the Nightfall again. That's just me. Um, I, I don't think we'll be able to do the original version. I think anything we do, especially in Nightfall, will be the new versions or whatnot. But I, I'm also excited to see what they've changed with the strikes um, leading up to the bosses, maybe added some new mechanics to bosses or something. Um, my only difference with you is I don't entirely care if they explain the strikes lore-wise. Um, I know a lot of people like you are, are big advocates of we shouldn't be doing these strikes if like it doesn't make sense in the lore. But um, for me, it's always kind of been I want more strikes as options because I just want more variety in what I'm doing when I'm hopping into a strike playlist. So, um, yeah, just personal opinion. I really don't care if they explain it lore wise as long as they've put in some uh, more interactive dynamics, made the fights a little more interesting, you know, some changing of enemies. It's all I'm looking for. Yeah, same. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked to see what they do with the variants. Um, some of the older strikes, the variants were were interesting, but they got a little stale. So hopefully, hopefully the boss mechanics are interesting, and if they lengthen them or add different portions to these variants of the older quests, that would be awesome to see. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what they have. But yeah, I haven't really thought about that one too much. Yeah, for, for me, <laughs> for me, we we've already seen several of the images for the Nexus, and that's the one that everybody's really talking about. Not because it's the Nexus, and we haven't played that in one forever, but because the images show a guardian running around with what looks like the Aegis from the Vault of Glass Strike or Strike Raid. And if you guys don't know what the Aegis is, it's the shield, and the shield was used in the battle with the Templar to take down its shield. So the big expectation for the Nexus strike is 
we already see a giant shield around the Nexus and or whatever that is, and you have to take down the shield using the Aegis. And that's a pretty cool mechanic for a strike. And I'll be interested to see how that fares in a strike atmosphere, especially when you don't have control of your teammates. Oh, so random thought. Um, to help maybe explain lore-wise, what if, this is just a random idea I'm going to throw out there that I just thought of, because of, because of the shield, what if they say something like, oh, the Taken were in the Vault of Glass, and we thought they hadn't obtained anything, but they obtained the knowledge to, say, create a new Nexus mine and use its shield, blah, blah, blah. That's how. I mean, I would hope that they'd tie in the Vault of Glass to a strike in ter- in terms of lore, because there's a lot that's there with the Vault of Glass that's really, really cool, and they haven't really done much with it beyond the two missions that we go into the Vault of Glass, but one mission is just that the Fallen are trying to steal Beck's technology. The other one is a little bit more lore-intensive because it actually involves the three characters that we do know that went into the Vault of Glass in uh, Kabir, Pradith, and Pahanan. And I don't know. I, I'm interested to see where they go with that. You know, I uh, thought about that. You know, lore-wise, it shouldn't be too terribly difficult to explain anything surrounding the Vex because of their ability to control or at least use time to their will. Um, I sort of, I think that makes things very open-ended regarding the Vex. So it's almost like whatever they want, they could explain it any way they want because the Vex have control over time. If they take and somehow manipulate that or control that as well, they can really almost do anything. Yeah, and then we get to fight Oryx again. Yeah. Yep. Oryx part do. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, th- Never mind. You guys want to talk about the uh, the strike scoring system at all? Yeah. Or is that pretty straightforward? I mean, the thing is, you'd think it'd be straightforward, but I think it's we so know so little about it that it's hard to even talk about it besides just speculate what it really is i mean we're we're kind of thinking it's on the elder sigil slash weekly crucible bounty level right like yeah that's what i think but well i they, mean they did confirm that there are individuals scored like tiers that you have to reach and then team based scores that you have to reach so do you think maybe it's like a weekly book per se kind of like a- it's it's a it's a weekly sigil bounty whatever it is that will go into the missions tab on your um not director but when you go into options okay that's yeah that's cool i mean um it's good because now it gives people who are playing strike something to strive for which is something that people really haven't had before they've just kind of have um endless strike scoring oh like not scoring just endless strike playing over and over but um at the same time, I'm hoping they take this opportunity to uh, give out skeleton keys as a reward. Because I think that'd be a really good place to give them out as a reward. A guaranteed skeleton key if you completed this sigil or whatever it's called? Yeah. Yeah, because then it's it's giving people, they're like, oh, like I can get three skeleton keys a week now. Now I can stop complaining my butt off all the time. 
Right. Yeah, it'll definitely help bring people back into the strike playlist if they haven't been playing it due to lack of uh, lack of content and lack of variety. So the new new strikes plus uh, a new reward system, which I assume is going to be end game style, sort of like Nightfall tier rewards mm-hmm. for that weekly sigil or whatever they call it. And that's definitely going to help a lot. I, that, I'll start playing strikes for sure. I, and I never play strikes anymore unless someone needs help with a nightfall or something. Yeah, I'll go finish the uh, uh, strike section in my book now, finally. <laughs> you never finished that? No. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I think I've only gotten two or three. I think I've done like, yeah, I think I've done three or four. <laughs> Shame. I've done a couple uh, nightfalls. So that's act- it. <laughs> So let's talk about the actual SRL event, and it's going to be the same two maps from last year with the new one on Mercury and the new one on Earth, and yeah. um, Four maps. Four maps. When I saw that it was going to be just two additional maps, I was a little disappointed, I'm not going to lie. Why? That's, That's honestly what we were expecting, isn't it? Two new maps? That's what we were I, like, yes. Two new I, maps. I was hoping for four new maps. I, I, okay, so question. question: Would you rather have four new maps and nothing else? Because that's probably what would have happened if they took the time to do four new maps. Or two new maps and everything else they're getting with it. I, I, I think it was done by different teams. I don't know if it was. It, it, my my thought is is this just I'm not trying to be a party pooper because I am excited to play SRL again. And by the way, before we even continue, SRL is becoming a permanent thing in private matches, and the scoring system is becoming a permanent thing. So after this event is over, you can still do SRL. So that's cool. But I was just hoping that there would be more maps, just because at a certain point, you kind of get tired of the same stuff. I mean, kind of jumping a little ahead in the topic, where, uh, what is it, um, Trials of Osiris is going to be, uh, well, this weekend is on Widow's Court, and that's cool, but how many times have we been on Widow's Court already? It's the same feeling I have with, that will I will have with the SRL of uh, the maps. I just expected f- four more and I, we only got two more. So I, I'm not trying to be a Debbie downer. I just think that they could have done two more and it wouldn't have been as maybe it's just me. I don't know. Well, maybe just, just to be hopeful and optimistic about it. They're making SRL a permanent event now. So it is possible that they're simply just introducing two more at this time and have more for later. Because if it's going to be a permanent event, we know from from past experience in the game that Guardians are going to play it a lot and get burnt out from it quickly. So hopefully they have additional maps up their sleeves. So a couple weeks, maybe a month or two down the line, we'll see another map or maybe two more maps in addition to those. Uh, optimistically that's what would happen hopefully that's what happens optimistically yes but guys let's be real we're getting two new maps and that's it which (laughs) i understand why you guys are slightly disappointed but at the same time i didn't get bored with two maps last year um 
to me, I don't know. It, racing maps, I I don't really have the same problems with as I do having minimal crucible maps. And even sometimes I don't even care about minimal crucible maps. If I like the maps, I can play the same few maps over and over if I like those maps. It's just I have some problems with some of the Destiny maps. That's why um, I get sick of them when they appear over and over and over again in um, Iron Banner. I'm looking at you, Vertigo. But um, two new maps (laughs) I'm happy with for SRL. Because now, I mean, we're going to be playing four. um, Two old, two new um, part of the fun to me about playing these these r- racing games in general and racing events is learning the maps and then being able to get your time as low as possible. So um, having fewer maps still doesn't really bug me. We could have one map and I'd still have a ton of fun and probably just do this for endless hours over and over and over again. So with four maps, I'm just going to do it even more endlessly over and over and over again. So yeah, I understand where you guys are coming from, but... I'm going to be the guy that says I'm happy about it on this podcast. So one thing that is really cool is that all of the armor is infusible. Not just the helmet, not just the class armor. The arms are infusible. The legs are infusible. Everything is infusible. You You can go into a strike if you wanted to in full SRL gear and it not be a bad thing because it'll still keep you at 400 light, which is really, really cool. But that does bring up one concern to me, and that's if I were to use the old weapons, does that mean that I'm going to, or old armor, I'm saying, because I still have a full set of SRL gear from last year. Does that mean that the rewards will be low at, at at that time? What I mean by that is this. Last year, a cool thing that they did was the drops were independent of your light level. So, for example, if you were to do, or if you were to get a helmet drop, it would drop up to 320 no matter what your light is. And I've always felt that that's what it should have been. And I hope that they fix that. Because if, you, uh, if you're at a lower level, like let's say you, you were experimenting with a gun or whatever, and you never switch it out, and the reward screen comes up, it would be a lower light level than 400 or whatever you're at because you didn't switch or you didn't have that on. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. There's, um, there's been some problems in the past with progressive loot and what they did last year was definitely helping people. I remember a big reason people were playing last year was because people wanted to be 320, And now it was like, Oh, I can get 320 helmet and class item because mm-hmm. I haven't been able to get it in the raid, which was awesome. Um, My thing that I wish they did, which is kind of similar to what you're saying, is I wish progressive loot was based off your highest possible light level. Because you know the game knows, or if it doesn't, they can put it in. The Destiny Inventory Manager people have put it into their system where you just click one button and it gives you your highest possible light level. So I'm sure Bungie would be able to program that in. So I think it'd be awesome if... When progressive loot happened, it would go off your highest possible light level. That way, when you're playing Crucible and stuff, you can use old year one guns, guns you haven't infused up yet because you want to try them out and then still get drops at the highest possible light. Right. That's just my little thing. I I, I hope that they introduce that kind of change soon. Um, Just because I, I... It just seems silly that because I didn't re-equip something 
after the match was over that I'm going to get penalized for that. That just seems very, very silly. And it just seems bad programming. That That's just my opinion. No, I agree. And, and, um, a good example of what it happens to is honestly like decrypting exotics. So say like for us, it doesn't matter that much because we play the game so much. We have so many strange coins. We buy all these three coins. So if we were to not equip something and mess up an exotic and now the exotic drops at 380 or whatever, we're like, crap, I messed up. Oh, well, I'll use one of my 17,400 things to infuse it up. But um, when you have people who don't play as much and say they've been playing not that much but pretty steadily they they get um maybe they get like 15 three coins a week so they only get one or two exotic drops out of it and um they've gotten themselves to 395 or so and they're pretty happy oh i want to try out this year one gun i put it on i'm dropped to like 360 don't really care forget about it go and decrypt an exotic engram well now it's decrypting at 360 and crap i my one exotic engram for the week i can't even get at the highest light level Right. All right. So, what's that? Oh, okay. So, uh, David, uh, Carl actually has a question for you. So, uh, hold up one second. All right, David, I got a tough question for you. Bring it, Carl. Do it, Trials of Osiris. Game nine. You used up your mercy. One more win, and you go flawless. Your opponents are real crafty. Ultsman and Triple Wreck. Do you use Clever Dragon, Matador, Thorn, and Thousand Yard Stare, or Ditka? Um, you know, that is, a, that is a very, very tough question. And a, a couple of the guns you named there are pretty meta-heavy. Um, another one's a throwback from the past and Thorn, but I think I'm going to have to stick with what the gods are telling me and go with Ditka. Oh, good choice. Good choice, David. You know, Dicka, in reality, Dicka uses lag to boot them out before the match even starts. So no contest. Oh wow, that uh, good choice by me then. Absolutely, and I just want to let you all know that this section of the podcast is brought to you by Nathan's Hot Dogs. We got wieners, you got mouse. David, go ahead and talk to them about mash those buttons. Oh well, Carl, mash those buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. And now this section of the podcast is brought to you by Great Poupon. Great Poupon, what the hell is this slop? Back to you, Jorge. Thank you, Bob. So let's go ahead and talk about what's going to be happening next week in Iron Banner, which is Rift. You got the helm, you got the class armor, you got the fusion rifle, and you got the scout rifle. And you got Rift, praise the Lord! (laughs) So it's kind of weird that they brought back Rift, and the reason that it's kind of weird is because they randomly said that it was an experiment and they seemed a little iffy on bringing it back as Iron Banner, but here it is. So either that, either they got a lot of feedback asking for Iron Banner to be re- returning as Rift or whatever. So I'm expecting to have fun because Iron Banner Rift was a team-based activity and it's, it's very team-based heavy if you want to be successful. And I am excited 
thrilled for that scout rifle because that's the uh, what is it minor multi-tool yeah. archetype yeah. and i really really want it it's it's good i've got one um i mean it's it's no mita it doesn't have the overall quality that mita has but that's because mita might be the perfect gun in the game design wise anyway but it's still a really good scout rifle and i'm looking forward to getting some different roles than the one i have um it i agree with you it's gonna be fun plus it's rift and i love rift rift is what iron banner should be you know i said it before it is the true team-based game if you have a team you will win and i understand that's why people don't like it but the thing everybody forgets nowadays is iron banner is an in-game activity iron banner is supposed to be all about teamwork it's not supposed to be about going in solo and smashing on the blueberries that is what regular crucible is for um iron banner is where you play as a team and it is supposed to be competitive this is where skill-based matchmaking should truly have its place and i'm super pumped for it what about you jordan well yeah rift is a is an odd thing for me i i don't like playing rift in the regular crucible but i really like playing rift in iron banner so i'm looking forward to iron banner rift because I don't like playing Rift in regular Crucible. So yeah, teams, putting the team together, having fun. Yeah, it's this is going to be a good Iron Banner. I know a lot of people complain about Rift, but this is I think this really fits Iron Banner very well, uh, just as much as Control does. Control's probably, uh, I like that a little bit better, but yeah, Iron Banner Rift is going to be fun this next week, and I'm looking forward to it. So since... We already know Supremacy kind of have it, has its own meta with shotguns. I wonder what the meta is going to be for Iron Banner Rift. Well, uh, the meta right now is Mapador. And I don't think that's really going to change with Rift. You'll probably see some sniper play because if you support properly with a sniper, um, I mean, it works well. Uh, fusion rifles, you'll probably see them when people get bored. But it's all about that Mapador right now. Yeah, you know, hey, this is Bob here. Um, speaking of the meta, I, I was contemplating the Dicka, and I think that the Dicka is just too meta. Carl, I think you'll agree with me on that, but I'm not above using shavings of Dicka's mustache as ammunition. Now that, oh, yeah. that's meta. Oh, yeah. I can see that too, Carl, you know, because, you know, I'm ready to, to go into it. And use the power of Ditka to just completely obliterate the team and activate the rift from the other side of the map. Back to you, Jorge. Alright, thanks guys. So, let's go ahead and move on to Trials of Osiris this week, which is Widow's Court. David? Well, um, Widow's Court is one of those maps that comes up over and over, like you said earlier. Um, it's basically the, the brother to Burning Shrine. We tend to see the two of them come up more than any other map. Um, I mean, I love playing it. It's, it's a good time. I've played it a couple times and a few tickets. Um, it's, it's basically, it's, it's not really sniper heaven, but it's sniper heaven. It's, um, one of those maps that kind of pushes you towards a single play style. And in this case, it's sniping. 
because you can play the game so long distance on this map and even when teams start to rush you you can make it long distance again just by backing away by a little bit which as much as i love playing that because i'm a sniper um i don't think it's the best trials map just because it does kind of force you towards that one style of play which is something i don't think should be in a trials map trials maps that are the best trials maps i think are the maps that have no one favored style of play and anybody can play anything on that map but regardless um it's a great map you get some good movement on it um it's a really good map to set up 1v3 clutches if you know how to position yourself properly because you can get in open areas where when people are coming at you they can't really um box you in too easily you can get it so that you can cover all angles or make it so there's just one angle to approach you and you have the range to take them out one by one so um in some ways good map some ways bad map i've had a good time with it i mean what are you guys your guys opinions on our uh good old buddy widow's court i like it well, I, oh, I, I got a question for you david this is carl so if trials of osiris was on soldier field what kind of sausage would you have beforehand oh wow um unexpected question there um i'm gonna go with the ballpark is that is that an acceptable answer? That's an incorrect answer. You gotta go bratwurst. Oh, yeah, well, my bad. I mean, if you have to, if you have to stoop so low, you you go Deets and Watson. But ballpark, come on, let's just be real. That's just ridiculous, guys. I'm a Midwest boy. Up here, I mean, ballpark is like the heaven of sausage. Oh, you're Midwest. We're Midwest. We're from Chicago. Hey, maybe we're neighbors. We're, we're, Speaking of Deets and Watson, this section of the podcast is brought to you by Deets and Watson. Deets and Watson, the master of meats and cheeses. Back to you, Jorge. All right, thanks, guys. So with that, did you want to throw anything else in before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I think we kind of covered everything for this week. <laughs> what about you, Jordan? I'm good. I think this was a, a good discussion. And like I said before, I'm looking forward to some new Destiny content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, this kind of just like sprung on us. We actually had a completely different uh, subject and items and everything else that we wanted to, that we were going to go over with regards to this episode. Yeah, I had, I had then, notes written. I know. Uh, we'll actually record that show most likely next week. And then we'll have that in the vault for a special edition, most likely the week after, because there's a, there's actually things that we want to discuss with regards to the game and other games that we've played that we believe could benefit Destiny as a whole in the future and just personal opinions that we have. Um, so that'll be an episode that we'll go ahead and record in the future um, soon. But I want to make sure that we thank Bob and Carl for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob and Carl. Hey, thanks for having us. It was a pleasure. And David, why don't you go ahead and... Uh, actually, breaking news, I'm sorry. Kind of involving Destiny. I just saw this. Uh, the Mega Blocks, Destiny, Halo, Call of Duty, all that stuff... Is actually buy one get one forty percent off over at Toys R Us. So this is for the U.S. Cannot confirm anywhere else, but if you are interested in the 
Destiny Mega Blocks. Go ahead and pick them up over there at Toys R Us. Buy one, get one at 40% off. Nice. All right. So, David, go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. All right. Well, then we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit. Let you know we are available on a ton of platforms. So, please make sure you spread the word. Uh, the best way to do this is to share an orbit with others. So feel free to uh, post those links on your friends' walls, tweet about us, um, comment on all of our things, um, leave reviews. We love it all. Uh, we are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, and we have an RSS feed. The links to each of these are available on Mash Those Buttons website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. Um, make sure to check out the other shows on Mash Those Buttons Network at mashthosebuttons.com slash shows to see all of our other podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule for all scheduling details. Yeah, spread it like that gray poop on there, Pop. Dark Rota. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, one thing sorry, that guys, I did want to mention. One thing I did want to mention is we were able to pick up an extra Union of Light emblem code, and we want to get some questions going on. So make sure that you guys send uh, questions over to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. Best question will get a Union of Light emblem code. Uh, make sure to check us out at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, youtube.com slash mash those buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at ds underscore bolt and streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash dsbolt. And Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitch at tbot underscore tbot and on the updown, updown.net website. Cool. And as always, you can always find me on the different social network sites and gaming screen names at GoToNRG on all locations. And as I mentioned, make sure to contact us with any questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com for a chance to earn a Union of Light emblem code. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jarrett on the back and Jordan over here, as well as myself. We thank you as always for listening to our show and make sure to see us on the next mission. Your destiny calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, December 5th, Jorge and David transmit in orbit. This week talking about the Dawning, Iron Banner Rift, and Trials of Osiris, Widow's Court. On Tuesday, November 6th, 
Nick and Katie continue their quest to educate you on WoW lore on the Torn and the Goblin. This week talking about Azuna lore. On Wednesday, December 7th, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. This week talking about kicking off competitive season 3 and their thoughts on the new map Oasis. On Friday, December 9th, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you SitRep Radio, talking the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.